Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're compiling another UPR community book list. We want to know what you're reading. What's on your nightstand or device right now? What's the best book you've read so far this year? What are you going to give as gifts in the upcoming holiday season? Which books are you suggesting to friends and family? We'd love to hear about any book you're reading, including the young adult and children's categories. One suggestion or many are welcome. Here's how you can get your book list to us. Uh, you can email us, upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com, or the toll-free number, you can call us, 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. During the hour, we're going to get suggestions of uh, new books that are out and exciting. Catherine Weller from Weller Bookworks, Ann Holman from the King's English Bookshop, and Andy Nettle from Back of Beyond Books in Moab will be joining us. Right now, we welcome in a UPR friend and avid reader, Elaine Thatcher, who's joined Hi, us. Hi, Tom. It's nice to be here again. Good to, good to be with you. Also, I think, uh, still director of Summerfest. Still director of Summerfest. What's uh, what's this season like with regard uh, to Summerfest? Our uh, application's open in early December, so I'm busy with that. But we also had our floors refinished, so my office isn't put together right now. Okay. <laughs> a little bit of chaos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but heading towards something heading nice. There, yes. there we go. <laughs> All right. Very good. Um, well, we appreciate you uh, being with us. Uh, maybe we should just jump in. What's the first on your list? Elena? Well, I just finished one that I think would make a great little gift for somebody who enjoys um, political writing um, and particularly uh, Molly Ivins. Uh, yeah, I love Molly Ivins. Yeah, yeah for, if you don't know who she was, um, a Texas writer, uh, journalist, and this little volume was given to me for my birthday this year, and it's a perfect gift book. It's a small book. It's easy to read, and it's called Letters to the Nation and um, the Nation magazine from Texas, and you don't get too worked up because all the politics are in the past. Yeah. She, she died in 2006, and... Um, um, I just and she is so funny. She is so funny, and uh, uh, it's just a delightful little read. Yeah, she's she was delightful, and, and the the humor. Right? Yeah, yeah, Wonderful. she was terribly funny. I, yeah. I I kind of <clears throat> find myself wondering what what she'd be writing right now. It'd be it would be funny. Oh boy, it'd it be would funny. be sharp edge. It'd too. be it'd be biting. <laughs> it would be. Yeah, she was a progressive, and uh, uh, she is the one who used to call uh, George W. Bush shrub. Shrub. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I remember that well. Uh, so what's the title of the book again? It's called Molly Ivan's Letters to the Nation. Okay, wonderful. Uh, maybe the next book on your list. Lynn. Well, another one that really captivated me was called In the Woods um, by Tana French. It's a mystery. It's two mysteries in one um, where a young boy, well, three young kids in the 80s in outside of Dublin disappear and... Um, only one returns alive, and uh, the others have been lost forever. And uh, that boy grows up to be a murder detective in Dublin. And so he is now back in his hometown investigating the murder of a young 12-year-old girl. And so, and he doesn't remember what happened. He's the boy that grew up, you know, that came back alive, but he doesn't remember a thing about what happened to him, you know, during that abduction in, or whatever it was in the 80s. So he's investigating both at once, kind of. And it's oh, it's captivating. I the, yeah. the writing is very, very good. And it's a really interesting concept. Yeah, that sounds intriguing. Yeah. Tell us the, the, the particulars <clears throat> again. The, the title is In the Woods. Um, the author is Tana French. Um, 
it's been made into, um, I think, on Stars or something, a, a series on Stars maybe, on some cable network uh, called Dublin Murders. But um, I don't see how a television show could capture what this book gives you. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's easy. Yeah, you know. yeah. Now, sometimes they pull it off, but... Uh, but this is very unusual, know, yeah. and yeah. So anyway, I highly recommend that one. All right. Well, we uh, have our first uh, bookseller on. It's uh, Andy Nettle, back beyond books in Moab. Andy, welcome back to the program. Well, good morning, Tom and Elaine. How are you? Good. How are you doing? doing? Doing well. It's been a while since we've done this, and I'm so glad to have you back on. So what's what's your first, first book on your list, Andy? Well, I have, as usual, way too many to talk about, <laughs> and I'm facing a dilemma in that Lately, I've felt like I've not had the time to read fiction. And let me explain that. With the politics of the day and climate change and this ever-changing world, I, I feel totally drawn to nonfiction. So that's where I'll start. And the book that has grabbed my attention more than any is called Shadowlands, Fear and Freedom at the Oregon Standoff, a Western Tale mm. of America in Crisis by Anthony McCann. And everyone knows about the, the standoff at the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge in Oregon and the Bundys down in Nevada. And McCann has spent a couple of years uh, researching, interviewing the participants, and really, truly digging deep into this issue. And I tell you, it scares the heck out of me. Mm. Uh, the, the participants in these, these actions and their uh, fervent in their interpretation in the Constitution and their fervent belief in uh, what they believe public lands are all about uh, is diametrically opposed to to all all that is right in this world, and um, there are a lot of folks out there who believe this, and it's perhaps symptomatic of of where our country is today. But uh, of all the books coming out about the, the that crisis, um, I can't more highly recommend this one because it's so well researched. Shadowlands: Fear and Freedom at the Oregon Standoff. All right, uh, Andy. There, there's a buzz on the line. It's uh, quite, quite prominent. I wonder um, if we can 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 we can we do this? Can we uh, uh, hang up and call you right back? Sure. Let's try that. Yeah. Let, let's try to get the buzz out of the line. I want to get the rest of Andy's uh, recommendations. Yeah, yeah. Um, so while we're doing that, uh, uh, maybe the next book on your list, Elaine. <laughs> um, I read Michelle Obama's um, memoir, Becoming. Um, it's not great literature, but it was interesting uh, to see where she came from. Um, I actually found the early part of her life more interesting than than the presidential part, um, you know, because that was all kind of visible to most of us. But um, but hearing what her feelings and thoughts were was interesting. But to see, particularly a um, black middle class person growing up in in the South Side of Chicago. She grew up in a neighborhood that was pretty integrated, but by the time she was a little bit older, it was all black. And the role of black identity in her in her self identity um, it's it's interesting. I enjoyed reading it. Yeah, very good. Uh, so becoming becoming by, by Michelle, Michelle Obama. Obama. Yeah, wonderful. 
Um, let me uh, read uh, our first email. We have several emails coming. You can uh, get us your book, upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. Uh, this is from Pam in uh, Moab. Pam says, hello, Tom. My favorite book of the year is Braiding Sweetgrass, Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and Teaching of Plants, <clears throat> Excuse me, by Robin Wall Kimmer, using sweetgrass as a metaphor. This real-time plant, sweetgrass, she weaves a most amazing, gentle journey through places, families, ecosystems, relationships on all levels, communities all intertwined and tangled through the humble theme of reciprocity. The book addresses the giving back for the uh, grateful receiving of gifts uh, of the earth. These include the interchanges among every living being and even forms of what we, quote-unquote, call inanimate, that uh, we def define as such because it is it is a longer time frame than our 72-year time frame. The last sentence of her preface, it is an intertwining of science, spirit, story, old stories and new ones that can be medicine for a broken relationship with the earth, a pharmacopoeia of healing stories that allow us to imagine a different relationship in which people and land are good medicine for each other. To me, this book fits with the scope and tent of One Small Step. Um, that's interesting. As regards, Pam. The um, there's a community of black sweetgrass basket makers out in uh, near Charleston, South Carolina, and my work as a folklorist put me in touch with them, and it's a very interesting story there. And of course, sweetgrass is a Native American uh, a plant that that's revered by the Native Americans as well. So it's that sounds like an interesting book. Uh, by the way, a plug for Access Utah. We uh, Last week, I think it was, or week before, we had Robin Wall Kimmer sitting where you're sitting, Elaine. Mm -hmm. So that's, I had a pleasure of interviewing her. Uh, I believe we have Andy back on, do we? Are we any better now? In the uh, yes, yeah, yes, no better. no buzz at all. Uh, mm -hmm. Andy, I don't know if you were able to hear the email from Pam. Yes. Um, I want to get the P.S. here because it mentions mentions Back and Beyond. So here it is from ah, Pam. Well, uh, thank you, Pam. <laughs> P.S., and as I have ordered more copies one by one at Back and Beyond Books in Moab, yay independent bookstores, says Pam, to share with friends, it has renewed as a fave a book by younger staff, seemingly a bit mysteriously. What is this book? <laughs> so, um, this is she's been ordering this one by one at Back of Beyond, giving it out to friends. So, <laughs> and that is a book that we also stock uh, on the shelf, and it sells very well year in and year out. In fact, it's on our staff pick shelf as well. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, then Pam closes with uh, a quote. I believe this must be from um, Robin Wall Kimmer. I don't know. To dance beneath the diamond skies with one hand waving free. So anyway, that's Pam in uh, Moab, and she's uh, given a shout out to Back and Beyond Books. So what's and that? Would that would be a Bruce Coburn quote? Oh, is that a Bruce? Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> I wasn't familiar with that. I'm glad we had you on for that. I would have <laughs> further embarrassed myself there. Uh, what's What's your next pick, Andy? All right. The next one is Craig Childs. Uh, we're all very familiar with Craig Childs' work. And Virga and Bone Essays from Dry Places is a departure in that it's his first collection of uh, disparate essays. There's no one theme other than deserts. And so it's a book that you can sit down, read one essay, set it down, come back to it a couple of days later. There's no linear uh, theme throughout the book. And that actually shook me for a while. I, I've read all of Craig's books. I enjoy his books. I enjoy his narrative style. But to read just a short little snippet, it, it didn't sit well with me. And then 
Craig did a reading down here in Moab a few weeks ago, and to hear and watch him read a couple of the essays all of a sudden brought them to life. I picked the book up again and uh, saw it through a new light. One essay in particular is he and a buddy who go flying in the canyon country uh, flew through Virga, and of course Virga Mm -hmm. is the rain that never reaches the ground, and they were flying down in Monument Valley, and he second by second describes their flight through this veil of Virga, and all of a sudden it truly became a a beautiful essay. Uh, it, It renewed my faith in Craig's writing. Another essay that was is truly funny is his attempt to hike to the Black Rock Desert and Burning Man, and he <laughs> and a, a small band of friends who were all musicians spent uh, several weeks walking literally across Nevada, finally reaching Burning Man, only to be embraced uh, by the security crew who wouldn't let them in unless they went to the official entrance, which, you know, it's an open desert. And then once they finally got in, they became mini stars with these this troubadour of musicians with him, and it turned out to be a raucous event, but a very, very fun essay nonetheless. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. So that's, that's the latest from Craig Child? Yes. Also uh, published by Tory House, as Craig's was, is Zach Podmore's debut piece of writing, called Confluence, Navigating the Personal and Political on Rivers of the New West. Zach is a correspondent for the Salt Lake Tribune, writing from San Juan County, Utah. He and his family were river runners. His mom was very influential in his love of the rivers and all things of natural history based. And she dies prematurely. And so this book is in part a reflection, a memoir of, of the times that he spent with his family and his mother, but also the, the strong sense of her whenever he is on the river. And Zach is a, a philosophy major, and it is very telling in the reading of this book. And there have been many, many books on water in the West, but if you had to pick up one, uh, because of the, the erudite writing and the philosophy and Zach's personal love for rivers, it is my favorite book of the year. And it's mm. titled Confluence, Navigating the Personal and Political on Rivers of the New West. And what's his last name again? Podmore, P-O-D-M-O-R-E. Wonderful. And I'll send my list up, and it'll be posted on uh, the UPR website. And, and you're saying that's your favorite book of the year? Yes. Yeah, wonderful. It startled me. That's amazing. He's a young writer, and I've been waiting for a, a long time for a young natural history writer to blow my socks off, and Zach Podmore has done that. Oh, that's great. Another look at the natural world, of course, Back of Beyond Books kind of specializes in natural history, is Asia Banus's Shaped by Water, Defending the Future of Winter, and Asia was in town last night, gave a talk at the library. She's a third-generation Utah skier, and so she has the opportunity to write about snow uh, through that lens, and yet it's also a very down-to-earth call for action in terms of what is the future of the 
amazing ski areas that we have in the West and in Utah in particular through the lens of climate change. Hmm. And from a very personal perspective, she writes about uh, what is happening, what can be done, and how it affects each one of us, even if all of us are not skiers. Um, snow, of course, is the lifeblood of water in the West, and if uh, something doesn't change, uh, we have a lot of serious decisions to make. So that's Asia Banusa's Shaped by Snow, Defending the Future of Winter. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that important book, yeah. yeah. Very important. And I mentioned at the outset that I didn't feel like I had time to read fiction with so much great nonfiction. So I have taken to uh, books on CD when I've been traveling, and I finally jumped into the 21st century <laughs> and started downloading. And I was reluctant to download because uh, Audible is a company owned by Amazon, which we, of course, boycott. Mm-hmm. And finally, there's a small independent company called Libro FM that is uh, taking Audible to task. And they are a couple of young men who have started this company. And even I was able to successfully download books onto my phone <laughs> and play them in the car on Bluetooth. And I'll just briefly mention the first three books that I listened to, all of which I highly recommend and have been on the bestseller list, including Colson Whitehead's The Nickel Boys, Margaret Atwood's The Testaments, and Ta-Nehisi Coates' The Water Dances. Of those three, Ta-Nehisi Coates' The Water Dancer is just a wonderful, beautifully written uh, novel that I hmm. I would be my pick for fiction of the year. Mm. I haven't read any of his fiction. This is his first piece of fiction. Yeah, he's oh, okay. he's known for, you know, Between the World and Me and, and mm-hmm. uh, his nonfiction essays. Yeah. Uh, so, Andy, uh, tell us again the the, um, the Audible alternative. It's Libro FM. Mm-hmm. And okay. the beautiful thing with this company is they have aligned with independent booksellers. And so... Uh, Anytime anyone signs up with Libro FM, they pick their local independent booksellers, and we get a very small chunk of, of each purchase. And oh, so it's supporting good. independence at the same time of not supporting the behemoth uh, online retailer. Oh, that's, that's really wonderful. great. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's good to know about. Well, Andy, it's, a, it's always a pleasure. Thanks <clears throat> for, your, for your list there. You're very welcome, and have a very, very enlightening show. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and Take we'll care. Bye-bye. Put another plug, Back of Beyond Books in Moab. Yeah. Andy Nettle is the proprietor there. Uh, I want to get in a few before we go to break, and then we're going to have uh, a little later on the program, we'll have uh, Ann Holman from uh, uh, the King's English Bookshop and Catherine Weller from Weller Bookworks. We have with us uh, Elaine Thatcher with yeah. uh, your list of books. Uh, I want to get your list in, and you can reach us to upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. Uh, this next up is from Gene Loun. Gene uh, uh, recommends Climate of Hope, How Cities, Businesses, and Citizens Can Save the Planet by Michael Bloomberg and Carl Pope. And Gene says, This week a new report by 11,258 scientists in 153 countries warns that the planet clearly and unequivocally faces a climate emergency. This book gives us hope for addressing climate disaster at city and state level, despite Trump's denial and withdrawal of U.S. from the Paris Accords. Once again, it's Climate of Hope, How Cities, Businesses, and Citizens Can Save the Planet, Michael Bloomberg and Carl uh, Pope. 
Uh, next up is, uh, this is from uh, Steve. Uh, he recommends Caesar, A Life of a Colossus by Adrian Goldsworthy. Steve says, my favorite historians of ancient Rome are Mary Beard, uh, Garrett Fagan, and Adrian Goldsworthy. The most prolific of the three by far, probably because unlike the other two, even though he has a Ph.D. from Oxford, he chooses not to be a college professor, but to devote himself instead to full-time researching and writing. Even though it was published in 2008, Goldsworthy's Caesar biography somehow escaped my notice until this year. Within the last few years, I've read biographies of Caesar's enemy, Cato, Rome's last citizen, a man I would have deeply disliked, and Caesar's frenemy, uh, Cicero, titled simply Cicero. So it seemed time to read a full-on biography of the big man himself. Like all Goldsworthy books, Life of a Colossus is long, about 700 pages. I'm a little less than halfway through. We're in the thick of the Gaul campaigns. I cannot wait to get back to see where it will go from here. Actually, I know pretty well the outline of where we go from here, but Goldsworthy (laughs) deeply contextualizes things, both in terms of the world Caesar inhabited and our own world. For example, he compares the ages of Caesar, Napoleon, and Patton, where they fought their major campaigns, and then tells us what Napoleon and Patton thought of Caesar's military brilliance. Of more interest to me is his political brilliance, his nearly insane daring, and his compassion, an aspect of the man that receives less attention from history than it should. So that's Caesar, A Life Life of a Colossus by Adrian Goldsworthy. It's recommended by uh, Steve. Uh, let me do one more before we go to break. Um, and by the way, I uh, would love to see your book or your book list upraxcess at gmail.com. This one is uh, from Sandy Long. Sandy says, for one, I'm finally reading the Mueller report. For anyone put off by reports, it's not all that dry and dull, but actually quite a page turner. And things uh, were far, far worse than what got reported in the press. Anyone who cares about the future of our democracy should read it and demand action from Congress to keep foreign interference out of our government. If grappling with all the redactions and many characters uh, seems too daunting, there's a graphic novel version coming out, the Mueller Report Illustrated, the obstruction investigation. That's interesting, graphic Uh. novel uh, version of it, with a release date of December uh, 3rd, 2019. Another book I'm reading is The Invisible Killer, The Rising Global Threat of Air Pollution and How We Can Fight Back by Gary Fuller. He delves into the history of humans living with air pollution, early efforts to measure it, how long it took for the evidence to overcome the prevailing consensus, including among physicians, was that smoke was uh, somehow good for individuals and even acted as a protection against infection. Then he discusses facts from our world today. 90% of the world's population is exposed to air pollution concentrations that exceed World Health Organization guidelines. With 4.2 million deaths every year due to ambient or outdoor air pollution. Fuller argues that in comparison to anthropogenic global warming, air pollution has not generated the same level of attention or concern. He then points out air pollution is not an inevitable part of city life. We can and should be uh, doing something about it. He makes a number of recommendations ranging from walking, cycling, or using public transport where possible, as well as contacting your public political representatives to having laws such as polluter pays. That's uh, Sandy Long recommending the Mueller Report and also the Mueller Report Illustrated, which is coming out, a graphic novel, and The Invisible Killer, The Rising Global Threat of Air Pollution, and How We Can Fight Back by Gary Fuller. Well, I admit I have downloaded the Mueller Report, but I haven't read it, so... Maybe I'm, maybe that's the next one. Well, maybe wait for the graphic novel. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, you're, no. <laughs> you're, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna read the actual report. Um, and uh, Sandy says not not as dry as you would think. Yeah, it's page turner. All right. 
All right, so we'll get to more of your uh, emails as we go along here. We'll take a break now. Uh, when we come back, more from you and more from our booksellers, more from Elaine as well. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Culligan Water of Cache Valley, family-owned and operated for more than 64 years, providing Culligan bottled water, salt delivery, or soft and conditioned water. Hey, Culligan Man, service from the man in blue. Online at logan.culliganman.com. This is Debbie Andrew with Utah Public Radio. I'm excited to invite everyone to join us for our comedy night at the Cash venue with comedians Craig Bielik and Joshua Fonokalafi from Laughs TV and Drive bar comedy on saturday november 16th tickets are available at upr.org and thecashvenue.com and the doors open at six food and drinks are not included in the ticket price but are available at the cash venue again that is saturday november 16th doors open at six i'm looking forward to seeing you there hey jen did you know that on the american frontier when fruit and berries were in short supply they'd make vinegar pie vinegar that's not something i usually eat for dessert it was something like lemon meringue but with cider vinegar instead of lemon that sounds interesting interesting inventive resourceful just like our segment bread and butter. We discuss all sorts of food topics from culinary research to our favorite local food finds. Sundays at 11, just before the splendid table. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We are compiling another UPR community book list. We know we're avid readers as uh, public radio listeners. And so periodically we get together and, and, and compile a book list. We may be, I might be reading something Elaine wants to read or vice That's versa. Right. In fact, one of the yeah. books on my list, I think one of the booksellers recommended last time. Yeah. So, and yeah. so our booksellers are recommending new books. Um, you can recommend an old book that's had an, an effect on you. Best book you've read this year. Anything that you'd like to recommend is, is welcome. Uh, so what's next on your list, Elaine? Well, that. <clears throat> Excuse me. That book is uh, The Second Mountain by David Brooks. He's a conservative columnist. Um, this book is about ethics, and uh, he the, the second mountain is his concept for kind of once you have uh, reached the your goals in your career, then what is your next thing? And it's about being ethical and compassionate and... Um, it didn't grab me the way I hoped it would, um, but uh, I, there's a lot in there to to make you think, and uh, so I I do recommend it. Uh, this is David Brooks. David Brooks. Yeah, um, interesting, very thoughtful mm-hmm. uh, fellow. So yeah, I've never read any of his books, but I just watch yeah, him on I PBS, mean, hear him on NPR. Yeah, you know. he's not your. Um, uh, I mean, he's he's not a so much an apologist or a or a an ideologue he's he thinks about his positions yeah yeah, yeah. um so we have with us ann holman from the king's english bookshop uh, and welcome back to the program hi thanks hi tom hi elaine how hi. you doing good to have you back <laughs> with us good to be back well, let's let's jump right in what's what's the first book on your list well we're really excited because we uh started a publishing company and I don't know if I told you about that last time. It's called TKE Inc. And we have published a novel by Jeff Metcalf. He's a professor at the University of Utah. It's called Wacko's City of Fun Carnival. <laughs> and it's probably largely true. He won't admit to most of it. And it's about young Hubert Walker, 
who's probably going to high school in Salt Lake somewhere, maybe East, maybe Skyline. You're never really sure. And he gets caught trying to buy liquor at the liquor store, and the cop arrests him. And he's already been in some trouble. And the whole ride down to the police station, he's thinking, man, if I get caught, I'm going to juvie. And so opportunity presents itself at the police station because there's a little bit of a tussle, and he looks out the door and sees the keys are in the cop car. He steals the cop car and drives away. Well, you can imagine, he's only 15 or 16 at the time. So long story short, he parks the car in the middle of nowhere and runs away and joins a carnival in Evanston, Wyoming. And I guess Waco City of Fun Carnival really did exist under that name. It might even still exist. But it's the story of joining the carnival, running away from home, and trying to stay out of trouble. And, of course, what happens when you join a carnival? Yeah, get into trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you get in more trouble. Yeah. That's exactly right. So it's his, it's his time spent there and the friends that he made and the trouble he got into, and then ultimately so, how he gets back home. So is your But we're so excited about it. It's very funny. Is your publishing company focusing on local authors? Focusing on local authors and also on, on literature. Mm-hmm. Great. That's good. Yeah. Love, love, love yeah. Jeff Metcalf. I had a chance to talk to him a couple times in Access, Utah. He he, he is profound. He is funny as well. So Isn't I he funny? Recommend the back catalog. Requiem for the Living um, and Backcast. And his pl- and his play sure. his play about prostate cancer is a slight discomfort. That'll give you uh-huh. an idea of his sense of humor. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you'll have to have him on to talk about this book because Th- this you will one, laugh yes. so hard. Yes, I, I, I've made a note. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a call. Uh, Get him to tell you some of his family Christmas stories too. Yes. Holy cow, he's a funny guy. So so tell us again the title of this book. So it's Wacko's City of Fun Carnival. Very good. Jeff Metcalf. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be really fun. Published by the King's English uh, that's in, great. imprint. That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, what's next on your list? Okay, next on my list is a new book by Ruta Sepetis. She's a, she's a YA author, and we've loved her always. We've loved all of her books. They're usually historical fiction. And this new book takes place in Franco's Spain, in Madrid specifically. And it starts in 1957, and this young boy from Dallas, actually, arrives in Madrid. He's a good kid, likes to take pictures, very interested in photography. And what he doesn't understand as he's checking into this very nice hotel with his parents is that his father is an oil man, and he's come to Madrid to do an oil deal with Franco. But as this young boy starts to understand Madrid and the people that are in the hotel that work there, he starts to see that something's not right. And in fact, one of the young women who's a maid in the hotel and is kind of assigned to him, Anna, her family is inextricably bound to what's happened in Franco, Spain. And he, Daniel, and Anna form a, a friendship that quickly becomes a, a kind of a sweet romance in the in the initial part of the book. And she takes him out, and uh, his friends take him out into Madrid, and he starts to see what's happening under um, Franco. And the thing that I thought was fascinating about this is it's recent history for a lot of us. You know, Franco was still uh, alive and well in Spain, well into the 60s and 70s, and just, you know, terrible things happening there. And this is uh, kind of a recounting of them, but also through the eyes of these young people who either lived through it and understood it or came to understand it. So that's The Fountains of Silence. It's by Ruta Sepetis, new in hardcover, and it's just fabulous. Great for YA, 
really interesting for especially for kids who like realistic fiction, but adults are going to love it too. That sounds yeah. good. I, I, I like reading some YA um, mm-hmm. yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. wonderful. Uh, what's yeah. next? And I apologize. I wasn't listening earlier. So I, have you had Andy on this morning? Yes. Oh, I have. Yes. Did he talk about Virga and Bone by Craig Child? Uh, he, yes, sure he, did. Did. <laughs> he sure did. He sure did. I thought he might do that. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm just going to echo my love for it then. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a sweet, sweet little book. And, you know, Craig Childs is a good friend of ours and a good friend of Tory House Press, who we, we think the world of local publisher in Salt Lake. Well, then I'm going to move on because Alexander McCall Smith came to visit us. Oh. Yeah, I saw that. Just last yeah. week. Yeah. It was very exciting. And it's hard to believe, but he's written the 20th. Uh, in the number one ladies detective agency series, wow. and this one is called To the Land of Long Lost Friends. I think Alexander McCall Smith is one of the, the funniest, most endearing authors working uh, in the English language today. He is, he doesn't take himself too seriously, but he's very professional. He gets up on that stage and he starts talking, and 45 minutes later, you just feel like you've been transported. Hmm. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, so the new one is called "To the Land of Long Lost Friends." I actually uh, started into his uh, Isabel Dalhousie series, which uh-huh. is which yeah. takes place in Edinburgh, and love it. Those are great, and you know what he started doing now? He's started a new series where he's kind of um, making fun of those dark Swedish detective novels. Oh, really? And Yay! <laughs> so his his detective is Detective Varg, V like in Victor, A R G, and he's a wolf. And, uh, <laughs> oh, needless to say, they're very, very funny. The first book is called The Department of Sensitive Crime. <laughs> hmm. you, you, and he's going to continue. You know, you know, a genre has arrived when, when, uh, when you get the parody. When yeah, you get the... exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And then the other one that I'm, I'm so two more, um, one nonfiction, Stephen Fry, who you might oh, yeah. know from TV, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. He's done um, a book called Mythos. It's the Greek Myths Reimagined, just came out, and it. I'm listening to it on Libro FM, which is our um, our Audible program that we sell, and it's the Greek myths. And he's not making anything up; he's just retelling it in his fantastic sense of humor and his funny British accent. And it's like you've never met the Greek gods before. He was telling the. Um, I got to the point where Prometheus was getting chained to the rock, and honestly, I almost started crying. It was. So moving, and Zeus, you know, Zeus loved Prometheus. He didn't want to do it, but then he did. He got really mad, and he did it, and so these people just come to life. Um, oh, and cool. so it's Mythos, M-Y-T-H-O-S. And if you can listen to it in Stephen Fry um, um, reading it, it's really, really fun. And and the, the program is Libro FM. Andy told us about that as well, Libro FM. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you can you can buy uh, books and listen to them, and you can buy them from your local independent bookseller. And we're all really excited about it. That's great. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. That's, that's on my list. Good, good. Okay, have I got time for more? Uh, yes. Do you guys remember um, Olive Kittredge? It's quite a few years ago now by Elizabeth Strout. Uh, yeah, vaguely. Yeah, vaguely, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's been a while ago. Well, Olive was iconic. She was a... Um, somewhat crabby protagonist, spoke her mind, sometimes when she shouldn't have. And her book was told in in vignettes, both about her and her husband and her son, but also about the people in the small town in Maine where she lives. Well, she's back, and Elizabeth Strout's new book is called Olive Again, and it's later in life. Um, Olive's husband has 
died, and she's <laughs> in her 70s and has a new, a new man who is very funny, too. And it's a new collection of stories about her and about the people in the town. And I mean, I, I, I guess I think it's charming, but I think it's more than that. I think it's really moving, and it's all it kind of encapsulates how how many of us are, you know, other than maybe we don't always say what we what we think, and maybe that's good. But you know, she's vulnerable. She's she cares about people, but she can't show it. Um, it's 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 very. It's very real. I feel like like Olive is somebody that I would know in my life. So anyway, it's Olive again, uh, the later stories of Olive Kittredge and her friends and family. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah. yeah excellent. Uh, so tell us again the, the publishing imprint. Oh English. yeah, so Olive is uh, no, you're, you're, Random House. You're, 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 no, you're, uh, you're. Uh, oh, mine, ours, ours, yeah. ours. It's T K E Inc. T K E Inc. All right. As in the the yeah. King's English Inc. Right. Exactly. T- T-K-E. Exactly. T K E. That's kind of our nickname, T K E. And sometimes we forget and we use it, and people don't know what we're talking right. about. <laughs> well, I think that's awesome. So. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, well, Thank thanks, you. thanks so much, Anne. Appreciate that. Yeah, so call Jeff, Tom, got to uh, get him on the radio. Uh, yes, I'll do that. Yeah, he's, he's delightful. All right, well, um, uh, Ann Holman, King's English Bookshop, thank you so much. Uh-huh. You take Bye. care. Bye now. Uh, later in the program, we're going to have Catherine Weller from Weller Bookworks. Uh, I want to get a few of these emails in. We've had a steady stream of emails, Elaine, from, That's good. from you. And uh, you can get your book or book list in. We'd love to know what you're reading. We're compiling a UPR book list. Uh, you can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Next one in is from Louise Excel, uh, Louise uh, in Southern Utah. Louise says, Tom, thanks for this program. I recommend The Overstory by Richard Powers. Mm-hmm. Best book I've read this year. The book is timely, rich, nuanced. It explores human relationships in insightful layers, including relationships with nature lovers, uh, nature lovers, uh, parents, uh, siblings, uh, no, that's a comma. Nature, lovers, uh, <laughs> parents, siblings, friends, institutions, and enemies. It's never reductive, always interesting. So Louise recommends The Overstory by Richard Powers. I heard you agreeing, Elaine. Yeah, actually, it's on my list still. I haven't read it, but I've read some other Richard Powers, and I'm anxious to get to it. All right. Uh, next up is from Chris Buckner. Uh, he recommends uh, books by Karen Pryor. Um, he's recommending uh, Learn How to Train Dogs. Um, and Karen Pryor has a bunch of titles out on, on dog and, and, and animal training. Um, and uh, Chris says, turns out that it teaches how to deal with difficult people as well. Uh-huh. So that's uh, interesting. So uh, <laughs> Karen Pryor's uh, Learn How to Train Dogs. Thanks for that, Chris. Um, let's see. Next up is uh, from Karen Wood. Uh, Karen says, some of my five-star books this year, Paris in the Present Tense by Mark Helprin. Boy's Life by Robert McCammon, and Virgil Wander by Leif Enger. So repeat those. These are um, Karen's five-star books, Paris in in the Present Tense by Mark Helprin, Boy's Life by Robert McCammon, and Virgil Wander by Leif Enger. And, of course, these will all be on the website uh, in a little while. Yes, yes, indeed, including the the booksellers as well. Yeah. Let's see. So uh, let's take a quick break. I understand we have Catherine on the line. Well, after a break, we'll come back with Catherine, Catherine Weller from Weller Bookworks. 
Wildfires in California are becoming more destructive and dangerous than ever. We have five seasons now in California. Winter, spring, summer, fall, and fire. At the same time, collectively, we can do something about it. Fire is a necessity, not only for the ecosystem, but also for the humans. Join us for this five-part series beginning Friday, 10 a.m. here on Utah Public Radio. Hi, I'm Steve Williams, host of Jazz Time here on Utah Public Radio. I hope you'll join me Sunday evenings for a journey through the world of jazz music, from ragtime to bop, from Havana to Logan, Utah. Tune in for a bit of history, commentary, the occasional interview, and of course, all that jazz. Jazz Time, Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock on Utah Public Radio. Utah Public Radio is broadcasting engaging and impactful stories of Utah 24 hours, 7 days a week on the air. But we have a lot more to say and so much more for you to hear. The UPR social media team is bringing you Utah's most important stories right to your feed. Stay up to date and join the discussion by connecting with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Don't forget to use the hashtag IamUPR. Why wait? Pick up your mobile device now and get the most out of Utah Public Radio. And just as always, stay tuned for more on the air from UPR. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. We're compiling another UPR book list, and uh, you might be reading something that we would want to read. Now, you're an avid reader, so uh, we are compiling a list. Here's how to get your list to us. What are you reading right now? What's the best book you've read uh, this year? What, are, what books are you excited about? UPRaccess at gmail.com. UPRaccess at gmail.com. You can also call us at 800-826-1495. 800-826-1495. And we have our friend Elaine Thatcher in uh, with us. And uh, right now we're turning to Catherine Weller with Weller Bookworks. Uh, Catherine Weller, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, I always enjoy it. Thanks for having me. Uh, before we jump into uh, to, to your list, uh, Elaine has reminded me that I need to I, have, I need I need to come clean. He's reading a very interesting genre of books right now, and I think you, you, you could, need to hear you could, about it. You could call it a, a it's not really a guilty pleasure. <laughs> um, it's a little bit embarrassing pleasure. <laughs> I'll tell you when I go into the library to to pick up a book, I I, I have to you know I have to remind myself to look the librarian straight in the eye. Uh, it's because I'm a guy. So I've been reading, I'll just come clean, I've been reading Amish romances. Uh, this, is, this is this thriving subgenre. You probably know, Catherine. I um, never knew that. Yes. <laughs> I'm gobsmacked. Uh, yes. yes, it is a thriving subgenre, and uh, people should take more seriously than they do. Actually. Thank you, thank so you, Catherine. I appreciate that. Delving into it. Yes, I and I, I kind of, you know, sometimes I like a safe book. I know what the arc's going to be. Uh-huh. Right, that the, the two young people are going to be in love, and it's going to end with a kiss. And it's, <laughs> but, uh, but, but you also, it's a kind of an interesting. You get an uh, interesting uh, glimpse into the life of the Amish. The culture, yeah. And boy, are the Amish getting examined because this is a. I understand this is a very thriving uh, subgenre. Anyway, that's so. I've been reading uh, Shelley Shepard Gray, one of the prominent authors. Sidney Wood, Wood Small, um, Laurie Copeland. Uh, a special plug for her because she's very funny, and there are mm. some scenes that did laugh out loud funny. Um, well, you've piqued my in my imagination. I'm going to have to check those out. Yeah, 
Uh, so anyway, uh, Catherine, well, that, that's that's my secret out of the way. <laughs> Do you feel better now? I feel better. I've got that <laughs> off my chest. <laughs> uh, so what's uh, what's first on your list? Oh, you know, I have to say, Tom, that I am always I always listen to the people in front of and behind me because I'm just fascinated by the threads that go through um, all of our reading lists and the things that are similar. So I'm just going to shout out Confluence by Zach Podmore and Virga and Bone um, by Craig Child. They're both on my list. They're both extraordinary from a, a local publisher, Tory House Press. Uh, well, well worth reading. Um, similarly, one of your readers ha- uh, recommended Sweetgrass, and Andy talked about that for a minute. That's actually our staff pick for November and December. Um, we vote on staff picks every two months here. And one of my new guys nominated Sweet Grass. We're just all in love with it. So I'm going to give a hearty uh, shout-out to your listener and say, yes, um, we agree. Great. Uh, moving on from that, I'm going to stick with local for a minute. Pat Bagley just published a book uh, commemorating his 40 years of drawing editorial cartoons for oh. the Salt Lake Tribune. That would be and, great. And yes, so I I already have reason. Well, everybody knows this is going to be one of the hot gift books for the Christmas season. So um, do check that out. It's called 40 Years with Bagley, um, and it is by Pat. Cool. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I uh, love I love political dude, cartoons. I'm sorry? Oh, I was just saying, I love political cartoons, so, yeah. Oh, and he's one of the best. I keep waiting for him to win a Pulitzer, and I believe I've heard he's been nominated in the I I believe he's been nominated before, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, We'll see that yet, I believe. Uh, Moving on to nonfiction, my, my big deep dive into Western nonfiction this time is a book called Grinnell, America's Environmental Pioneer and His Restless Drive to Save the West by John Taliaferro. Um, this is just one of those extraordinary reads that reminds us of where we came from in terms of conservation in the West and even um, colonization of the West and where we're going. Grinnell was one of those men that was just at the right place at the right time always. Uh, He's kind of like Forrest Gump, only he's intentional in what he does. He was born in New York and grew up on John James Audubon's estate, studied at Yale, and when he graduated, uh, joined the paleontologist Othniel March on digs in the Great Plains. He mapped Yellowstone and climbed the mountains in what would become Glacier National Park. Um, All along the way, he became a great, great advocate for conservation and worked with Teddy Roosevelt um, towards conservation and in his own right as well, working towards wildlife protection and forest preserves, national parks. And when he was so dismayed by um, Songbird that he he founded the Audubon Society. Um, he's just, he's a man we all should know about. He should be somebody who's discussed in every Western history, history class. Hmm. So the book is Grinnell by John Taliaferro. 
Uh, a wonderful book, and I had the chance to interview the author. You can check that out for on Access Utah. Yeah, he he really is the, kind of the Forrest Gump, right? <laughs> Kind of, except he meant to do what he did. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, but he was everywhere. So yeah. reading about him is reading about Western history. Yeah, that's a wonderful Did you book. know, Tom, it's a well-written book. It's great. Yeah, it is. It's wonderful. Yeah. Second that recommendation. Uh, what's, yeah. ne- what's next on your list? Um, bizarrely for me, I'm going to pivot to a couple of fiction uh, titles. Uh, the first one is called Hollow Kingdom, and it's by Kira Jane Buxton. This book got a lot of buzz when it came out in August. Um, I think because just when we all thought every possible manifestation of the zombie apocalypse novel has happened, (laughs) no, here's a new one. The narrator of Hollow Kingdom is a sentient crow who lives in uh, Ravenna, a, a subsection of Seattle, and he and his trusty uh, sidekick, a, a bloodhound, who leaves their house in Ravenna, owned by a guy who named him a name that I can't say on the radio. <laughs> and he uh, go. it's the name of ST. They go on a mission to free all of the pets that are trapped in houses and starving to death because the owners have become zombies. And the way they've become zombies is through their electronic devices. It is <laughs> a romp. That sounds it's clever. It's really fun and funny. Yes, and it is clever. Yeah, that sounds um, fun. Yeah, the, the next one is Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead. And that's quite an evocative title. Yeah. It won the Man Booker International this year, Olga Tokarczuk. Um, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, she was awarded the Nobel this year for last year, because, you know, the Nobel Prize had that weird thing that happened, and they didn't give an award last year. Uh, This book is really interesting, because it's structured like a conventional murder mystery, and it quickly becomes very, very strange, um, as uh, Tukarczyk is prone to do. The protagonist is named Janina, and she's living in the Polish countryside during the winter, taking care of the elite summer homes while she studies astrology and translates William Blake. <laughs> and then neighbors begin turning up dead, and they more and more of them turn up dead in increasingly strange ways. It is really fascinating to read. She is a, a the book is a masterpiece of translation, and she is an extraordinary writer that Americans really should know about. So, drive your plow over the bones of the dead. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. Yeah, that yeah. sounds good. Oh, I always get such a long list of books to read when we do this show. <laughs> well, we'll, need, we'll need to get reading. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good problem to have, I think. It it really is. It really is, yeah. Uh, Well, we've just about reached the end of the time. Do you have one more quick title, or...? I'm going to give you two quick titles because this is the time of year when everybody thinks about cooking mm. and two great classics that live in my house and are well used. Okay, okay. Uh, so we, we just have just have about uh, 30 cooking, seconds left. So how to cook everything. Okay. Oh, say it again. Joy of cooking and how to cook everything. Okay. Uh, very appropriate for this time of year. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well. Well. Thanks. Appreciate that, Catherine. Well, thank you. 
Uh, Catherine Weller, Weller Bookworks. Uh, appreciate uh, those titles. Yeah. Gosh. And, and so ha- much to read. Happy holidays time. to you. Um, so Catherine Weller of Weller Bookworks and Holman, uh, King's Leaks Bookshop, and Andy Nettle from Back and Beyond Books have joined us. And uh, Elaine Thatcher, do you have a, a quick title? We have 30 seconds left. Elaine? Oh, well, I, I'm just starting one called Cabanuelas by Norma Elia Cantu, who is a friend of mine, a folklorist, a poet uh, from Texas. And it's, uh, it's promising to be a very good read. I'll report on it next time. Okay, very good. Uh, Elaine, thanks for coming in. As Thank you. And uh, thanks uh, for responding to and listening to uh, Access Utah. We'll have that UPR community book list uh, up uh, today on our website. And uh, thanks for listening today. Utah is home to breathtaking natural wonders and rigorous scientific research. And the issues affecting our natural world are important to the life of every Utahn. That's why we're answering the question, so what? Science Utah is your home for all things science. Our team of science reporters, most of them graduate students from USU's Ecology Center, are updating you on the latest in science news and providing commentary on pressing issues. Because scientific topic, from air quality to our national parks and even gene editing, matters to Utah. Join us as we explore the world of Science Utah, available at upr.org, the UPR app, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah Public Radio is a statewide service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSUFM Logan. Also heard at upr.org.